Thank you for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. Our mission is to create space for all people, to experience the compassionate love of the Father, and to discover the calling He has for their life. Please enjoy the message today, recorded live inside the Wilson Performing Arts Auditorium at Platte County High School in Platte City, Missouri. So, guess what? If you follow the reading plan, you have just read through the entire New Testament in eight weeks. You read the whole New Testament of the Bible. Yeah, that's worth worthy of clapping for. Unless you're like way behind and you're like, ah, oh, Brady, I'm just... All right, don't worry. Don't give up. Uh, stay, stay true to it. Keep following. You can, you can finish it anytime. Just keep reading all the way through. So we started, after the beginning of the year, we started this... This journey through the Bible, through the New Testament, the community Bible experience. And so we are now at the end, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that next week, but we are at the end, and we have just finished the book of Revelation. I should have some smoke and fire on the stage to really set this up, you know, to really make it appropriate. Just the book, I don't know, how many of you, let's just be honest, read the book of Revelation this week? Just raise your hand. So, yeah. Yeah, how many of you are like, I am scared and I am confused? Yes, yes, exactly. Well, no need to be either one of those. We are not going to obviously have time to unpack every single symbol in the book of Revelation today. There is no way. There's lots of debate anyway about, you know, whether all the events have happened already and now we're just looking back at history or whether they're all getting ready to happen or they're happening right now. Some people think it's happening right now. And you just look around in the world and you see some of the stuff that's going on. And you think maybe you're right in the middle of it. Who knows? Well, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that as we go through. I'm gonna, I have three videos, real quick, they're like a minute long, throughout the sermon. And they will help kind of unpack a little bit more of the book of Revelation. All right, so let's pray. God, thank you for your love. Thank you for your word. We thank you that it's true, it's real, it happened. Lord, we know also that there are things that are going to happen And we just have to keep our eyes on you, Jesus. Let us keep our eyes focused on you. Loving you and loving those around us. Encourage us today. Open our hearts and our minds today. Uh, Open my heart and my mind and my mouth to speak these words with truth. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace in our life. Thank you for the table that has been set today. And that we at the end will get to worship by remembering the greatest gift of all. And that's the gift that Jesus gave us. By giving his own body and shedding his own blood for us. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look at the person next to you and say, get ready. Ask him, are you ready? I hope you are. So, right at the very beginning, the book of Revelation chapter 1. So you have your own Bible open to that. Uh, this is the New International Version. So that's what I'm reading from. If you have something different than that, it might read a little different. All right. Let's go. We're not going to read the whole book, by the way, but we're going to read parts of it. So right at the very beginning, it says, The revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testifies to everything that he saw. This is the, the uh, disciple John, who was the, the one the Bible uh, described as the one Jesus loved. And John is writing this down. It says, Who testifies to everything that he saw... 
That is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. That's one of the reasons why we're going to read out of the book of Revelation. Blessed is the one who reads these words out loud, this prophecy. And blessed are those who hear it. Okay, there you are. Here you are. Blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it because the time is near. John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come. Think about those thoughts. Those are going to be some things that are going to help us work through these this passages today. Who was, who is, and is to come. And from the seven spirits before his throne and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood and made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. It says, look, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him. Even those who pierced him, all the peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Powerful, powerful words. Look at the book of Revelation as a book to lead you into worship. Not into fear and trepidation, but to worship him, to fall at his feet and to praise him. If you read it that way, it'll make a little bit more sense and it won't be so painful to read and and so confusing. Well, let's go to, well, well, I'm actually, I'm going to get my little thing out here. Make sure it's working. So the, the key is to be able to do this. All right. At times, reading the book of Revelation feels like stepping into a different world with all its strange and mysterious imagery. But John's message was rooted very much in the real world. Revelation was written to church communities in seven wealthy cities of Asia Minor, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Each of these cities competed for Caesar's patronage. Some, like Ephesus, boasted temples where the emperor was worshiped as the son of God on earth. When a devastating earthquake struck the region in A.D. 17, places like Sardis were rebuilt with imperial funds. In these cities, the price for refusing to worship the emperor ran high. While John's message to each of the seven churches varied depending on its circumstances, they were connected by a common theme, stand firm, stay true, persevere to the end. What if there was a letter written to the churches in Platte City. Like to the church of Platte City, this is what the Spirit says. Now, these are just my words. I didn't conspire with other pastors to write this. I'm just, I'm just thinking of my experiences of the church in this community. And I've been in this community a long time. Started uh, going to the Baptist church in 1993. Served there uh, for a long, long period of time. And been a part of another church and then starting this church. And so these are the words of the one who was, who is, and who is to come. I see that you love God and love your community, but I want to caution you in a few areas. Be careful not to conform. Don't look so much like the world that it's hard to tell the difference between the two, between the church and the rest of the world. Do not tolerate a spirit of gossiping and complaining. 
Other than the outright immorality of your leaders, nothing will kill a church faster. It is so true. Within the body of Christ, when we start to gossip about one another and complain about what's going on in the church instead of doing something about it and trying to fix it, it will kill a church. So be careful about that. Avoid a spirit of competition. This is for the church as a whole, for each individual church in the community. You need each other. We do. There are certain things that Christ Chapel offers the community that we don't offer. There are certain things that the Baptist church can do that we cannot do. And there are certain things that other churches have. They have a little DNA here in this city, and there's things that they can do. And so let's pray for those churches. Let's pray, let's pray that they're, 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 um, all the seats will be full on Easter Sunday morning. And that people will hear about Jesus on Easter Sunday morning. And people will put their faith in Jesus. If more people in this community started following Jesus, would this community be different? Amen. It would be completely different. And so let's pray that that happens. Don't become too comfortable. The church should be a battle cruiser, not a cruise ship. It's a real danger. It's a real danger for me to want to make it real comfortable, make it cool and all the bells and whistles, but we don't want to be a cruise ship. We want to be a battle cruiser. Do not be afraid to confront obvious evil that is in the world. I don't know if you've seen the movie Unplanned yet, but you should go and see it. It will rock your world. And if you don't know what that movie's about, look it up. There's some evil in our world that we have to confront as the body of Christ. Don't be afraid to do it. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And then I love this phrase, and this is for all of us today, no matter where we're at, what we're, what's going on in our life. Stand firm, stay true, persevere to the end. Yeah, we need that, right? We need that encouragement to not give up. How many of you watched the Purdue-Virginia uh, game last night? Anybody see that game last night? Stand true, <laughs> stand firm, stay true, persevere to the end. The game was over. Purdue had won the game, and in one last heave of desperation, they tie the game. And then Virginia ends up going on and winning it because of the momentum they got from that. And we all thought it was over. Do not give up. Persevere to the end. In part two of Revelation, the prophet John finds himself transported to heaven's throne room. An angel points out a conquering lion, the mighty symbol of Judah, the tribe that ruled Israel. But when John looks, he sees a blood-stained lamb symbolizing Jesus. The lamb triumphs by sacrificing himself, a striking contrast to the Roman Empire's doctrine of peace through conquest. John looks on as God's enemies reap the fruit of their violence and oppression, while God protects those who belong to him. Then the scene shifts to a symbolic portrayal of Jesus' first coming and the threat against the early Christian community. The clash between Jesus' kingdom and that of his rivals is depicted as a cosmic battle. All this, according to John, demands patient endurance as God's people wait for their deliverance. Let's look at Revelation chapter 4. You can turn over there if you have your Bible ready. After he had received this, this word and wrote these letters to the churches, it says, After this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And a voice I had heard, for, heard speaking, had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. 
And the one who sat there had an appearance of jasper and ruby, a rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne there were 24 elders, or 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings and pearls or peals of thunder. In front of the throne seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Also in front of the throne, throne there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the center around the throne were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion, the second was like an ox, and the third had a face of a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. One of the four living creatures had six wings, one and as was covered with all eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is to come. There's that phrase again, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne and lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before him, before the throne, and they say, You are worthy, our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and praise and power, it says, for you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Then I saw on the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth, under the earth, could open the scroll or even look inside of it. It says, I wept and I wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll and look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, was triumphed. He is able, I love that phrase, he is able to open the scroll and the seven seals. And then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing on the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp. And they were holding golden bowls full of incense where the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song. And they started to sing. And listen, isn't it amazing to think that when we pray here on earth, those prayers are kept in a bowl in heaven? Can you think about that? Like we, I know I've preached about this before not too long ago, but we get to participate in the activities of heaven today. Like when you're here today, when you worship and when you pray, that's happening in heaven. They were shouting, holy, holy, holy. It's a powerful thought. It says, you are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. Isn't that good news? That it's not just America, y'all. It's every tribe, every tongue, every nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. That's a lot. It's a lot. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders in a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth, under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, talk about surround sound. Like this is the 
the best you can possibly ever hear. To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. And then the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. You've never been a part of a worship service like that. Maybe you've somewhere where people fell down and worship, but you've never seen anything like this. This is going on in heaven. So today, we know what he was, but we know today that he is. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He comes from the root of David. There's a prophecy to say that from the line of David would come one who would sit on the throne forever. That's Jesus. He is the Lamb of God who was slain. He is worthy. He is worthy of your worship today. He is worthy of your time. He is worthy of your talents. He is worthy of everything that you possess. And he is able. He's able to deliver you from whatever it is that you're going through. Can I get an amen? All right. But then you read you read this book and you're like, all right, I come in with some questions, Brady. What about? What about? You know, did all these events, have they already happened? There are some people who say that, oh, yeah, all these have already happened. Now we're just uh, waiting for the, you know, the Jesus to come back and the world to end. Some would say, well, some have happened, not all. There's all kinds of theories that go into that. We don't have time to look into that. Uh, you, some people want to know about the tribulation. There's a thing called the tribulation, and then there's a thing called the great tribulation, which, which many will believe, and Jesus even spoke about it. You'll see in this passage of Scripture that for then there will be a great tribulation, such as not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever shall be. And that, some would believe that right through a, the middle of a seven-year period of time, a tribulation here on the earth, then it'll get really bad. <laughs> Okay, and then depending on what camp you're in and where, how you were raised and what you were taught when you were growing up, and I know that I was taught we are pre-trib, pre-tribulation, meaning Jesus is going to come back and he's going he's to rescue us out of this place and then it's all going to hit the fan. And then, I just know people, I know they're arrogant, they're like, and then the people who are still left on earth are going to get what they deserve because I'll be out of here. Well, some will say, well, you know, actually, we're going to go through the the first part of the tribulation, and then before it gets really bad, then we're going to go. We'll be the mid-trib. And then some people were like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> you better get ready, because we're going to live through all of it. We have to stand firm, <laughs> stay true, and persevere to the end. Maybe you've heard this said before, and I've heard it said many times. Pray for pre, prepare for post. <laughs> You know, like we're all just saying, ha, just take me. I'm, I'm always saying, Jesus, just come back now. Like, take me out of here. Just get me out of this place. Can it get much worse? How many of you have ever thought to yourself just recently, I don't know what God's waiting for. How much worse can it possibly get here on earth? Well, I promise you, if you just read the words, it's going to get worse before it gets better. But the better is the best. It's going to be good. What about 666 and the mark of the beast? Are those the same thing, or is it something different? 666 kind of goes along with the, this number that is identified as, that goes along with the Antichrist. It's a number of, someone say it's like a number of man, like earthly man compared to the God man, Jesus, who is 777. And so like 666 is just not quite good enough. Like there's something better coming, 
and that is Jesus himself. My, I, I'm not going to obviously give it too much information away, but my checking account has 666 in it. And they're always asking me, do you want to change this, sir? Are you a little bit concerned? Like, nope, he has no power over me. <laughs> he doesn't have my money. The Lord gets my money. So I was like, I'm not worried about it. And then the mark of the beast. And then some people are like, well, you know, is that like some of this new medical technology? They're inserting chips in people. Is that it? I think the reality is, is that if you're going through this, you will know. Because the mark of the beast is for those who choose to worship the Antichrist, not Jesus. And so if you're just focusing on Jesus, if you're worshiping Jesus, don't worry about this. He's got you. Okay? You, it'll be all right. But you will know the difference between the Antichrist and the Christ. Listen, if you don't know the difference between the two, you better get on your knees and pray. All right? So it's, it's, it'll be a scary thing. But you'll know. I think it'll be pretty obvious. What about the 144,000? If you've you've known anybody that's ever been a part of the Jehovah's Witness movement or maybe you've talked to them before, they're like, oh, those are the special ones that have been sealed for the highest heaven and the rest of the people who believe will be in the lower level of heaven. That's not not the way it works. The 144,000 are those that are chosen to be great witnesses during the Millennial reign of Christ, which is what comes up next. So you got 144,000 chosen to go throughout the earth to convince people that Jesus is who he says he is. But do you know, here's a crazy thing, that through the midst of um, even difficult things and challenges, I think one of the scariest things I saw in, in uh, the book of Revelation, it says people saw it, they saw the, the horrible things that were going on, and they still chose not to believe. Still chose to reject Jesus, no matter how bad things got. You, you might know people that are that stubborn that live here on earth. Sorry, get back to that. Then the millennial reign of Christ, the thousand years of peace on earth before the final battle between good and evil, the enemy will be defeated for good, cast into the lake of fire, and then comes judgment. It's reality. It's in Scripture. It talks about the judgment seat of Christ. And these, the judgment seat of Christ will be for believers, and they'll be rewarded based on their, how they faithfully served Christ here on earth. They will receive a crown, a crown of life, a crown of righteousness, a crown of, crown of glory. And it says we'll just cast those crowns at his feet. Like, we'll get this reward. It won't even matter. Like, it's not mine. I don't deserve it. We'll give it back to the one who deserves it. But there will be a great white throne judgment, and that is when the dead will be judged according to what they have done. And it will be... The time where there'll be some people will be in heaven, some people will not be. It's not my words. It's what, the, it's what the Bible talks about. We talked about it last week. Do you believe those who choose to believe in Jesus and put their faith and trust in him? And those who, who reject Jesus. I don't believe you're here this morning because you reject Jesus. I don't. I think you, at the very least, you're curious about him. The most you're connected to him, not the most, but in the middle you're connected, and at the most you're really committed to him. You're somewhere in there. Otherwise, you wouldn't be in the door. I pray you take a step closer to him today. He's worthy, he's able. What about some um, practical advice for living? Let's go just real quick. Worship helps you win. No matter what. 
For every tribe, every tongue, and nation, it says in a loud voice, Fear God, give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heavens and the earth, the sea and the springs of water. This calls for patient endurance on the part of the people of God who keep his commands and remain faithful to Jesus. Look at uh, Revelation 15. We'll turn over there real quick. We're moving through the book here. There's a lot to cover, I know. Stay with me here. Revelation 15, verse 3 and 4 is just another, just another way to read it with worship. It says, Great and marvelous are your deeds, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, King of the nations. Who will not fear you, Lord, and bring glory to your name? For you alone are holy. All the nations will come and worship before you for your righteous acts have been revealed. Worship helps you win no matter what. In language that could have passed for sedition, John portrays Rome as a greedy, blasphemous prostitute. Part three of Revelation foresees the downfall of the Roman Empire. Then, John turns his attention to the final triumph of Jesus, the Messiah. As the book closes, a great city comes down from heaven. The new Jerusalem is God's home on earth, the seat of his kingdom. It's the reality of which Rome and all the other kingdoms of earth are a mere parody. In the end, God doesn't give up on his creation. He renews it, and then he makes his dwelling among the people of the earth. Isn't it good news that he doesn't give up on us? How many times maybe have you felt in your own flesh, like why, why does God even care anymore? He just keeps pursuing me. Why does he even care? And if he cares about me, does he care about all the people on the earth? Does he care about the homeless man that Trisha and I saw yesterday? We were at this business to go get our taxes done, and we look over across the breezeway, and there's this bag. And I'm like, is that like a, what is that? It's like a big garbage bag or what? No, that's a human. <laughs> we went over, and we, hey, hey, man, are you okay? And I just heard some groaning and some, like, he moved, so I knew he was alive. I was like, hey, do, are you okay? Do you need something? Nothing. I don't know if he was just avoiding me or he really was that out of it. And so, uh, by the grace of God, we were early for our appointment. We had time to go eat a Cracker Barrel. That's always a good thing, right? We'll just make something good out of bad. So we went over, grabbed some food, brought it back, and, and um, shook him awake and said, Hey, man, we got you some food. Like, do you need anything? Like, what's going on? And he's like, Oh, man, my girl kicked me out. Sorry to dump on you. <laughs> I was like, That's not really dumping, man. <laughs> I ask you the question. I ask if you're okay. But my question is, does God care about that person? He does. He does. His name is Chris. Pray for Chris. I did give him my car. He never called me back, so I don't know. I guess he's okay. But he cares for him. He doesn't give up on creation. He has a plan for our redemption. Check out this passage in Revelation 21. You see it up on the screen there? 21, 1 through 8. 
Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And then I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the order, old order of things has passed away. It says, He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all the liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Revelation 22, verse 12. He goes on to say, look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. How do we wash our robes? We wash them by the blood of Jesus. His blood makes you clean. We celebrate that today when we come to the table. His blood making us clean. Blessed are those who wash their robes, for they might have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. The spirit and bride say, come, and let... The one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes take of the free gift of the water of life. I said, I warn everyone who hears these words of prophecy of this scroll. If anyone adds to anything, anything to them, God will add that person to the plagues described in this scroll. And if anyone takes words away from this scroll of prophecy, God will take away from that person any share in the tree of life in the holy city where is, that is described in this scroll. He who testifies to these sayings says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Do you know that when we come to the table, what we are saying is, we're saying thank you, and we're saying come. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you've done for us. Thank you for your body. Thank you for your blood. And we do this in remembrance of him until he comes again. And we keep doing it until that day. So we get a chance to be a part of that incredible worship experience. I don't know. Obviously, you haven't been caught up and have this vision like John. We've never had a worship experience like that. But enter in. Choose right now to enter in. To worship him who is worthy and who is able, who has is, who is done everything necessary to cause you to want to enter in.
Thank you for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. Our mission is to create space for all people to experience the compassionate love of the Father and to discover the calling He has for their life. Please enjoy the message today, recorded live inside the Wilson Performing Arts Auditorium at Platte County High School in Platte City, Missouri.